for the Lord God Almighty. Yes, raise your voice and say, Everyone and welcome to the Journey Home Outreach Ministries online radio show. This is the edition of Mind, Body, and Soul with Dr. Jason LaHood from Sankofa Psychological Services, located in Chicago, Illinois, 8 South Michigan Avenue. Uh, we want to open up uh, letting everyone know that the focus and the, the purpose of these next series will be to help us navigate the wonderful, crazy world that we live in. How do we handle our anxiety? 
depression? How do we handle uh, post-traumatic stress disorders? How do we handle all of these things and still be, remain Christians and faithful? Well, it is a way to do that because the Bible does address it. I want to start out the show, though, with a reading before I introduce uh, Mr. Dr. Jason LaHood. It comes from Isaiah 9, chapter 6, verse and says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. And we all know that we're talking about Jesus. Now, Jesus said he was going to leave his Holy Spirit here to guide and to lead us. So we go on further in the Bible and we go back to the Old Testament in, in Psalms 119 chapter, the 24th verse, it says, Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. So everyone, when we're talking about mental health and we're talking about religion, we have to understand that God has given us a lot of resources down here on earth. And one of them is in the form of therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists. And I'm going to introduce one to you right now. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is great. You know, people have been really, really waiting to hear from someone who can give a little light on mental illnesses, mental disorders, and things. And, and the first thing I want to ask you is, how do you even identify what a, uh, um, anxiety is or depression? I mean, yeah. how, what are some of the signs? Yeah, so um, for depression and anxiety, uh, I want to clarify that because you're feeling depressed or you're feeling anxious, that doesn't mean that you have a diagnosis. So we usually want the person to come in. Uh, I mean, you can go in and see a counselor when, whenever you want, but um, we identify a disorder by being uh, present for the symptoms being present for two weeks or more. Uh, and uh, if it causes some sort of impairment socially in your relationships, um, it, occupationally, what you're doing with your job, spiritually, if you know if it gets in the way uh, spiritually, right. prayer, that sort of thing, that's when after a week or so, a couple of weeks, you want to then address it. And some of the things that could come up uh, for depression, there's um, tearfulness or just incredible sadness. Um, uh, people will either eat too much or eat too little, um, okay. sleep problems, right. uh, sleep issues, feelings of hopelessness, uh, excessive guilt, which is a big one, especially when we're talking about spirituality. Right? Yes, and yeah. I was going to say, you know, and, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to, I was so excited that you joined us with, with this series because we do carry a lot of guilt as Christians because we want to, to be perfect in the way we practice our faith. <laughs> And we don't want to take away the counselor who's Christ and replace it with someone else. But that's not what we're doing, right? We're, we're actually not replacing Christ. We're actually accepting the help that he has sent. It's a, it's a, uh, I think a, the therapist is the transmitter or conduit for that. But that space is co-constructed, meaning that uh, it, it depends on the client as well. Uh, and how open the client wants to be and how spiritual the client wants to be. The things that the client wants to address then influence the therapy. So everyone's a part of it, and so is Jesus. Right, right. So when you come to therapy, you don't have to leave your... Oh, absolutely not. Okay. Nothing at the door. In fact, I would encourage you to bring it, like, hardcore. Because hardcore, okay. it's such It's such a part of 
someone's experience. If you're religious, especially Christian, it's, it's a really big part of your life. Uh, having the, the Lord be in your life and either wanting more or wanting less and right. that, that kind of thing. I mean, you can get into a lot of stuff. And I want to encourage people, you can go and see a Christian therapist, but I don't know that it's a requirement. I think what you want to do is look for somebody who's more spiritual. And someone who's more spiritual is well-versed in not only other religions than Christianity, but yeah, definitely Christianity. Right, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, we all say we serve the ultimate one God, you know, and that's only just a few things that make us different when it comes to our spirituality. So, you know, as, as I'm going through this, I wanted to just give the definition of a counselor for everyone. It's a person that is trained to give guidance on personal, social, or psychological problems. Our focus is psychological on this because people have been really contacting the ministry wondering, what can I do? I want to feel better. I, want, I believe in Christ. I know he's my all in all, but I still feel sad every day. Yeah. Is, is that um, part of the guilt, do you feel? Yeah, so excessive. Yeah, so it's if again, if if you're meeting the initial criteria of it being two weeks or more, that kind of thing, okay. uh, and causing significant impairment in one area of your life, um, but uh, yes, um, I, I look at it as excessive guilt. If you're a Christian, what do you do when you feel? guilty or feel badly about something, you probably go to confession, right? Right. Right. So uh, St. Augustine, he wrote a book called, or St. Augustine, uh, he wrote a book called Confessions, where he confessed a great deal of his life before he became, you know, really a religious figure. Wow. Yeah. And and uh, and uh, a con one of his, um, well, not necessarily contemporary, but there's a philosopher, Albert Camus, and he said, uh, a person wants to confess, there's that desire, and a confession is a work of art. And I'm a big believer that if, if you're going to confession, don't go to confession to absolve yourself. Go to confession as it's healthy. It's, it's a way of, um, of expressing uh, that you, you're conscious that you've made decisions that, you know, that you don't, that aren't necessarily making your life better. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So I would go, I, I think confession is beautiful. You know, and that we, if we get caught up in guilt and shame, we end up feeling pretty lousy. Right, mm -hmm. and, and I think that's what a lot of people, when they when they talk to me personally, they contact the prayer line. That's their biggest thing. They said, you know, I I don't want to be seen as weak, or I don't want to be seen as someone who can't handle anything. It's the opposite. It's it's a strength. Okay. I think of the courage and the resilience a person has to. Uh, uh, to to head into that stuff as opposed to standing back and tolerating it. And there might be this idea, well, you know, Christ will help me through that, of course. But I think some people don't necessarily see Christ helping them along the way. Right. You, you know, right. They, they sort of omit some of those things because they feel guilty, shameful, weak, uh, that, that kind of thing. Okay. So, you know, so people really shouldn't freak out. You know, no, when, no. when it comes to, to things of uh, mental health right. issues, um, you know, help is out there. And I want to let everyone know whether you're talking to your pastor, whether you're talking to a therapist, you're still talking. Yep. And that's that's really what we have to start doing. And even as the church has to start talking about this particular subject, because 
it's becoming more and more. And it could be environmental, just the way the world is just messed up right now. Well, and you found a passage that actually values that uh, about testimony. Yes. That, that if you're talking, that's a testimony. Yes. Uh, that testimony doesn't have to be this extremely profound, impactful thing that right. goes on throughout history. Or it can be uh, something you say to your counselor. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. Testifying. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that is one of the things, and as, as a pastor, I tell people, that's what God looks for. Because he wants to, to say, okay, I felt terrible, and then all of a sudden this person appeared in my life who was a counselor, and now I feel better. Jesus doesn't want you to suffer. Remember, he, right. he yeah. suffered for you. Exactly. And, and if we're all sinners, there's no guilt or shame in that. That's an opportunity for growth and repair of relationships that may have been fragmented, especially with God. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And, you know, one of the things that we have to stop doing and I, I encourage people to stop doing is trying to be perfect in yeah. that in the sight of Christ because he said, you know, I, I didn't die because you were perfect. I no, died he doesn't because, want you yeah, to suffer. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I did all of this for you. Yeah. Now he did warn us about this world. He said that this world was going to be full of trouble. Yeah. And so I I want to let people know it's okay to face trouble because our Savior said we're going to be facing it every day. Now, there's times that we can't handle it, and it could be like after a death, after something, like I said, traumatic. Uh, one of our listeners wanted to definitely touch on PTSD today. Okay. And on what is that? Okay. And, and, and what, how can you identify some things with, with post-traumatic stress disorder? Sure, you're, yeah, absolutely. So uh, post-traumatic stress disorder is um, it, it's, it's a form of anxiety uh, that manifests itself after a trauma. So a trauma can be anything from sexual assault, sexual abuse as a kid, a car accident, um, you know, a, a hurricane or a tornado, or any kind of thing that impacts you to the point that you believe or feel like you've witnessed the death of yourself or someone else, uh, or the possibility of that. Okay. And that provokes, uh, you know, for some people, post-traumatic stress disorder. So a, a dangerous event that's life-threatening is one of the criteria. Okay. Now, I want to clarify, it doesn't have to happen to you directly. Oh. If you were, Right, so there's vicarious trauma as well. If a friend or a family member, or if you're watching something on TV and it's familiar to you, whether it be unconscious or conscious, uh, unconscious or conscious, uh, if it's familiar to you, that's going to provoke and trigger uh, some... some in, some intense feelings and for some people that causes a lot of symptomology that fall under uh, post-traumatic stress disorder which I'm happy to walk you through yeah absolutely absolutely because people are really uh, confused about this because it's also something we're hearing more about in the media too uh, and all the so, shootings. Yeah, all the shootings that are happening, you know, all the lives that's being lost, you know, and all of the sexual abuse of victims who are now coming forward now, uh, who have to deal with this reoccurring feeling of always reliving the same event. And, and is that a, a fair analysis that you're reliving the same event? Over and over again, yeah, from minute to minute, from day to day, hour to hour, and that's one of the criteria as well for PTSD. So if you've been through something traumatic, well, let's put it this way. Let's let's say if you've been through something and you're questioning whether you've been traumatized or not, uh, look at um, another possibility is flashbacks. So if throughout the day 
three, four, five times, you're getting that memory pop into your head just out of nowhere. Well, one, it's not coming out of nowhere. Something's provoked that, whether in your environment, whether it's something you saw, smelled, tasted, heard, even if it's very, very subtle. Um, we can be triggered and, and, okay. and provoked. Um, so that's that's another one. So uh, witnessing or experiencing something where it was life-threatening, um, avoidance of it, okay. uh, flashbacks, okay. nightmares. So if you're having Ooh. nightmares, and again, flashbacks and nightmares don't necessarily need to be directly related content-wise to the trauma. So if you've been through a tornado, you can have dreams and flashbacks that are about other things but have the same theme as like a tornado. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So when we're stressed it's like out. It's a whirlwind in your life. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's called derivative content, meaning that it's it's not directly related content wise, but it's a derivative of that. And okay. we still consider that a flashback okay. or a nightmare. Or a nightmare. Yeah. And you know, I want to remind people that Daniel uh, interpreted dreams. So dreams Ooh. are very powerful. Um, and, you know, are, are very telling about what's going on psychologically with you. Absolutely. Uh, or messages that even God is trying to send you that, you know, you might not want to face. I mean, the angels appeared to Joseph. Joseph didn't want to marry Mary, you know, but an angel appeared to him through a dream to say, take Mary as your wife. That's okay. Oh, interesting. It was a dream. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, in the Bible throughout, he comes to you at night when you're asleep or when you, and and you awake into this vision, Mm -hmm. you know, and so that's how that happens. So I don't, I want everyone to know that, you know, dreams are something that has been going on and analyzed since the beginning of mankind. Yeah. So what counselors are doing, they're not any different than what Daniel could be called to to do to help you kind of get through and understand what the message is that's coming through. Yeah. Sorry. I said again. Sorry. I didn't. Have, that was a oh, statement. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I didn't know if that was. <laughs> I know. I know. I didn't know if it was either. It was just like, it just had a period. Of yeah. Of a did. question mark at the end of it. But well, yeah. Well, so, so, and then one other piece to, to post-traumatic stress disorder is what's called hypervigilance. So okay. vigilance is when you're really acutely aware of danger in your environment. And hypervigilance is when you have a lot of that. So it's, it's, it's elevated. So it's not just that you're vigilant, but you're hypervigilant. Okay. So you're going to pick up on the nuances of your environment, things that, again, you could smell something, hear something, that can then trigger the PTSD symptomology. So hypervigilance is really important. Now, here's the, here's the problem, okay. is that hypervigilance can protect you, uh, uh, but if you're vigilant or hypervigilant, you can also misinterpret or overinterpret or make assumptions about the motivations oh. of what's going on in your environment or other people or God. <laughs> right. So if you're if you're feeling depressed, anxious, you've been through a trauma, uh, you know it's you might be angry at God. You might be ang- you yeah. might just be angry in, in general, and you could make an assumption about something that you pick up in your environment. Doesn't mean it's not dangerous or a threat, but. It might not be God out to get you or punish you, right? You know, right? It, it, right? It, or it might not be anybody else out to get you or punish you. You could be triggered by something that's familiar. So it's oh. something to keep in mind, and that's what you you can go to a counselor and talk about. Okay, uh, fami- and 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 that was interesting when you said that something familiar because people really kind of look at mental health as something totally separate from exactly. your body. No, it's the same as okay. your body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm one of those people who thought mental health was separate from your whole... I mean, it's like mental health is over there and then everything else is over here. Mm-hmm. So, 
what you're saying is that our minds really control what it goes on in our body as well. Yeah, so triggering nightmares and things like that, physical, you know. So yeah, so a, a philosopher by the name of Descartes, he said, "I think, therefore I am." And we call that in psychology the Cartesian split, Descartes Cartesian split. And what that means is that he's saying, "I think, therefore I am." And he's, so he's splitting the mind and the body. He's saying, I exist because I think. And that's not the case, that our minds and our body are the same things. We express feelings and emotions through our body, and we also express them emotionally. It, it's whatever path our body, and everybody deals with stress differently. So some people get aches and pains all over, and other people cry, and you know, other people get really angry, and you know, there's it, there's all different ways. It's like ways. a variety, a big spectrum of things. It and, is, but okay. don't but don't split apart the mind and the body because you do yourself a a, a, a disservice in that uh, because you are trying to isolate these symptoms. That um, if you choose one, the mind or the body, to access the suffering, you could miss out. You, right, you know, on certain, right, yeah, right. certain paths. You know, I was when you were talking. One of the things I was thinking about is that. We are taught in Christianity that your mind and your body are as one because, as you were talking about the philosopher, you think so. Therefore, yeah, I think therefore I am. And and God tells you to do the same thing. He said, think it as if it is so. Oh, okay. Okay, so if he's saying think it as if it's so, it just ties in directly to what you were saying. So faith. Faith. Yeah. You know, think, yeah. Think it as if so. If if you want to be healed, think as if you are healed, mm-hmm. and and that will help align your body and your mind to help facilitate your healing. Exactly, and and one of the things we know about stress, not necessarily post traumatic stress, but one of the things we know about stress is that it it, it can be based in what, what's called uh, congruence. So if what we value, Christianity, and our environment aren't congruent, if something's going on that isn't, that doesn't directly connect with our values in a way that uh, we regard, then that incongruence causes stress and anxiety in, in our environment. So it's one of the things that you need to be aware of or conscious of, and I think it goes back to what you were just saying about um, about Jesus or, or God. Uh, oh, sorry, Angela, I lost yeah, my thought. That's okay. Sorry, I lose, sorry, sorry. No, I lose that okay. all the time. Everyone who listens to us knows that I either can't pull up a song or lose my thought in the middle of talking. <laughs> okay. So but, they're used to that. But, okay? the, but my point is the stress is, so think about, uh, so for example, uh, when I was, uh, when I just graduated with my doctorate, you have to take a licensing exam called the EPPP. Uh, and I was just suffering so much around that and, and really trying to grapple with getting myself to study and not procrastinate and everything. And and I went into my therapist, and we were talking about it, and, and she said to me, you know, there's nothing on that exam, and she's correct, that has to do with what you learned in school or how you're going to practice later. It's completely incongruent with what you value about your profession, oh. and, and, and that's what's causing the suffering. And when I reflected on that, I said, that's right. You're, you're totally right. And it took so much pressure off of me that I decided... All I wanted to do was pass. I wasn't going to get an A on this thing because okay. it didn't matter. Seventy percent is fifty percent is passing, and I think I got like a seventy-two point eight. Okay, right, <laughs> right, right. Because right. I, I I liberated myself by connecting with uh, with along with my therapist, connecting with with that fact that um, it it was only important as the, the piece of paper means to the right. end. I wasn't yeah, gonna yeah. I wasn't gonna use that stuff. All right. So mm-hmm. it's so as we're like trying to digest the world, everyone. 
uh, because there is a lot of violence going on throughout the world, not yeah. just in the United States. It's really you know, it's like massive shootings and, um, you know, terrorist attacks and things like that. So we're like faced with some horrible things. Now I want to remind everyone again, we were not supposed to see this. We ate out the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So that is the only reason we see what we see. Now, since we were made to see it, he didn't really equip us for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, okay. I mean, so, I mean, we we're seeing stuff that you say, okay, now I have to come up with a different plan because now my children are seeing things I never planned for them to ever witness. And so now we're faced in a society where our values as, as Christians, the people I feel like are born away. But I keep telling them it's a personal, it's that personal relationship that you have, you know, that, that kind of carries you through. So as we look at the world as, as a whole, it's, everyone can be suffering from <laughs> anxiety yep. and, and, and depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. And, and it's not a popular thing to say, but even the terrorists, even the people who are doing the shootings, and that's not to say they're justified in any way. Exactly. But, but you know, uh, evil begins when the good person enters the room. And um, when, when we're looking at, uh, from a psychological perspective, there's a, a theorist, he's a, he's a minister, he's a, a pastor, a Christian pastor, uh, and his name's Todd DeBose, and he does a lot of work around Christianity and philosophy, and he said that evil is a bizarre form of justice, and what he meant by that is that evil, evil emerges, and it, it, it settles in, that the person themselves isn't evil, but that they're a conduit for evil. Right, and that sounds familiar. You said, "Yeah, yeah, you're nodding, yeah right? I'm nodding yeah. because Jesus said, yeah. <laughs> he said we don't fight with flesh and blood; we fight with spirits." Oh, okay. Yes. So it's not the people that that is the issue. Mm -hmm. It's it's the spirit on them. It's either a good spirit or evil spirit within on them. So that's exactly what you're saying. So if there's a group of terrorists that are against Americans, mm -hmm. let's say they're sitting in a room talking. They're not sitting around being like, we're so evil, yeah. we've got to figure this out. Right. You know, they're looking at us and saying, those people are really evil. Right. So we're all capable of being conduits. And how and that, and that can cause suffering, I think, I imagine. And another thing to talk about, uh, you, know, in, in, you know, with a counselor um, is, is that, and counselors, counselors are very open to this stuff. And if you find someone who's not then that's not a good fit. Okay. But I would say the majority of counselors who are trained in psychology can can take that extra step to to function within a spiritual realm, even if they're not Christian. Right, right. And, and so the bottom line is is that it's what you bring to therapy. Yes. And yes. this is what is important. Exactly. You know, it's not what your therapist is providing for you. Right. Most therapists are trained to regard what people value doesn't mean you have to value what the other person values, but you have yeah, to have regard for your, for your uh, client's experience. Okay. And, and most good therapists who are well-trained uh, and were well-supervised not only know that, but it just becomes a part of their practice. Part of their yeah. practice. Mm -hmm. this is, so how long have you been in this field? So I, uh, so I was working a little bit in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s um, while I was getting a master's degree. And uh, then I took a break. 
And then in 2005, I went back and got my doctorate, graduated in 2009, and I've been practicing since then. So, All right. So mm-hmm. Zankofa was founded when? 2011. 2011. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's almost 10 years. Yeah, exactly. 10 years in a couple of months. That's okay. crazy. I haven't so, thought of that. Uh, I needed to put, I wanted everyone to, to understand that, you know, you are trained in what we're talking about. This is, you know, you, you are a doctor. And um, again, if you guys have any questions, because we're going to continue this conversation. This is not something that's going to be a one-time thing. Great. I'm happy to be yeah, here. Yeah. Every month, we're going to have a session with uh, Dr. Limit, everyone, and we're going to be talking about different things. So if there's something specific you really, really want to talk about, don't forget to email us at yeah. journeyhomeoutreachministries at gmail.com. That's journeyhomeoutreachministries at gmail.com. Yeah, and, and just know that this this isn't. I'm not coming. I'm coming to you informed by my education and experience, not necessarily as a treater. Though. Right. So when you're emailing, don't expect yeah treatment advice. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I, I can. I'm well versed in, in in a lot of this stuff, and I'm I'm happy to expand on it. I also want you to know that the person Todd DeBose that I talked about earlier, who's the minister and talked about evil, uh, he was my mentor and oh, also wow, my okay. dissertation chair. So I'm I'm really influenced by theology. Okay, yeah. great. You know, and I think you know our, our listeners out there are going to love this. You know, right. because we just we we started the conversation. Yeah, it is so hard to admit to your pastor that you're doing anything that could be seen as more worldly than godly. And so that's really why I wanted so badly to bring this to the platform because we have to stop making ourselves feel so guilty about the things that God already knows we're handling. You know, you you told me a story once about uh, a man who... uh, was asking God for help. Can you give me that that story? He was on the roof. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So I, I I forget exactly how the story goes. I mean, I know the gist of it. Yeah, so give you me know, the right. gist. Yeah. Uh, so there's this guy, and he's down in a deep hole, uh, and he's trying to get out. And uh, a um, a doctor walks by, and he says, "Hey, can you help me out? Can you help me out of this hole?" And the doctor says, "Yeah, sure." Writes a prescription and th- throws it down. Uh, or no, that's not the right one. That's Sorry, not the right one. He was it's, on it's the, the same one. But no, he was, he was on, on the roof. Well, there's two stories that I have about okay. that. All right. Um, so I'll tell the first one, which is <laughs> which is uh, he was on the roof. So there's a guy, and he's on a roof in a flood, and uh, guys in a boats who are trying to rescue people drive by, and um, they say, hey, get in the boat. We're, we can rescue you. And he's like, no, I'm waiting for God to come and rescue me. And then a helicopter comes by, same thing. Um and, uh, and then, you know, he, he, something else happens and he doesn't accept that help. And then he dies and he goes to heaven and God's he's like, why didn't you come and help me? I pray. I go to church, this kind of stuff. Uh, and he said, I did. I sent you a bunch of guys in a boat and a helicopter <laughs> and like three or four different things. And look at now this. you're here. Yeah. Like, I love this story. You have to people. listen. Yes. I love this story. And I want you to tell it no matter how many times it took us to get it out. It's because... You are an answer to what we're seeking. And if we're seeking counseling in the world and trying to figure out how to navigate the world, this is what Jesus, who is the ultimate counselor, said, it's okay to do. Yeah. I'm sending you a Dr. LaHood. And, and one of the reasons is that um, 
you know, going back to the story that I was telling at first with the guy down in the hole and the doctor throws him down a prescription, uh, which isn't going to help him get out of the hole. And then let's say a minister walks by and throws down a Bible, which will comfort, but it doesn't necessarily get them physically out of the hole, uh, symbolically maybe. And then the guy's best friend walks by and uh, and says, hey, can you help me out of this hole? And the guy jumps in with him (laughs) and he's like, now you're down here too. Like, what's going on? And, and the friend looks at him and says, you know, I've been down here before and I know the way out. Wow. And I think that's what you need to think about with therapists, is they know the way out. Right. And a lot of them have been through their own traumas and recovered uh, and have that journey and that path and that experience that they are informed by. Um, and when you open up space to work as a clinician, a therapist, and a counselor, and also acknowledge your own stuff... Uh, Regardless of what religion you follow or practice, that approach, that spirituality that, that is necessary for healing and recovery, um, regardless of, of secular religion, uh, that's going to come out in, okay. in the space with counselors. Okay. And if it doesn't, then it's not the right fit, because I promise you there are plenty of people out there who can't be. Okay, cool. Because, yeah. you know, we all are God's children, and we all have a job to do down here, and I think you do a, a great job. So I'm looking forward to everybody. We're going to come back next month with another topic. We don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'm going to go by the spirit like you guys always do. Contact us. Let us know what topic you want. Don't look for clinical help. I'm glad you did that disclaimer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because this is not what, what we're here for. But, you know, again, this is uh, Pastor Angela McCarty with Journey Home Outreach Ministries with Dr. Jason LaHood of St. Copa Psychological Services located in Chicago, everyone. Listen to us on iHeartRadio, Minister McCarty slash Sister Pucci. All right, everyone. Peace, love, and blessings. We'll see you next month.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.